Now, I received a note yesterday from the Recognise a Better Way people in relation to the upcoming vote, The Voice. As you know, in relation to The Voice, we've been trying to get as much detail as we possibly can. It's been difficult, even though the Prime Minister wants this to be a thing that happens. Otherwise, Australia will be poorly thought of around the rest of the world and will be seen as indecent, various other things. We just want the information, but it's not forthcoming. This Recognise a Better Way group has launched its first paper analysing the voice-to-parliament model and the detail included in the Karma Langton report. As you know, Dr Gary Johns is uh, amongst a group of prominent Australians who are destined to give us the information that the Prime Minister sadly won't and make the no case, I have to say. Gary Johns is on the line. How are you, Gary? I'm well indeed, Luke. Nice to talk to you again. With the proposal that'll go to the people, I had a couple of people stop me on the weekend to just ask the question, am I able to vote in favour or support yes or vote yes in terms of constitutional recognition and then oppose the voice? That appears not to be an option. Is that right? That's correct. That's not an option. What happened is that some years ago, prime ministers were talking about recognition and then it got way off the tracks and there's a group of mainly Aboriginal leaders and a few constitutional lawyers who said, why don't we have this thing called a voice? And it's a big beast, I tell you. That's what we've written about in this paper. It's got very little to do with recognition and everything to do with building a, a sort of new political architecture which will give some Aborigines a really big say in government. And that's what uh, one or two people said to me. You know, once we start with this voice, do we then go to an older person's voice? Do we go to an LGBTQI voice? And so on. Of course we don't because we assume that the system we have when we elect those that represent us, that they'll do, you know, they'll represent us. Yeah, yeah. One vote, one value is is exactly. Exactly. Look, the thing we've tried to point out, and you said introduction really, I think, is that... There are three parts to this. The Prime Minister says, you know, it's just an invitation to vote on the voice. It's not. The Prime Minister said, moments after he's declared Prime Minister of Australia was elected, that he would commit to the Uluru Statement in full. Now, that means there'll be a voice, a treaty, and this thing called truth-telling. So if you vote for the voice... You're voting for voice, treaty and truth. And I tell you, it's the biggest package I've ever seen. And our first paper is just about the voice. And then we'll publish two more, one on treaty and one on truth. And then the Australian electorate will really understand what's in store. Yeah. So that treaty, isn't that what Lydia Thorpe and her supporters are calling for? Yeah, it is. You know, the only difference between Lydia Thorpe and Prime Minister Albanese is the order in which... They want to serve this up to you. Uh, he wants the voice, then treaty, and then truth. And Lydia Thorpe wants treaty. I don't know what else the next order is. She never seems to tell her. But she wants the treaty first and then probably the truth telling and then the voice. Yeah. So no difference. It's just the order in which they crunch us. Okay. So tell me about this paper. It's out now, I think, and it's available at the website, I feel sure. It is, yeah. It's on our website, uh, which is Recognise a Better Way. And the point of that, too, is to take us back to this discussion about recognition. There were people here historically, you know, we, we can work on that, probably in a preamble, keep it out of the Constitution. But the voice itself, 
is this big beast. Uh, it says we want 24 delegates who will be selected, not elected. Now, you know what will happen is that all of the Aboriginal organisations will get together and they'll, they'll crunch each other, if you like, and end up with a delegate per state and then a few others, remote communities. And they won't be interested, like any politician, in getting re-elected, getting 50% of the vote. They'll be interested in supporting the organisation which promoted them. And the biggest organisations in Aboriginal politics are Aboriginal-controlled health services. They employ the most number of Aborigines in the country. And it just so happens that there are 35 of these regions, these health regions in Australia, and that's the base of the model. So Calmore Langton, right, have basically taken Aboriginal politics and they're building their model around that and then lifting it up into the national arena. Yeah. So like all of us, we want to see the lot of Aboriginal Australians improve. We want to see all Australians live a long and healthy life. But there are issues, we know that with our Indigenous population. How do we solve that? Do we need politicians that listen better? I've often said we don't need more voices, we need better listeners. Well, you're dead right there. Why build a whole new architecture to hear the same voices or to hear the same non-solutions? So, for instance, we know there are some Aboriginal people who are against cutting off grog, some people in favour of cutting off grog. So why have that debate with just new people why have all this architecture we may as well sit down and say for goodness sake what works and we know and this is the logic right you cut off the grog but it's only to give pause to a longer conversation which says to you know the kid in Alice Springs whatever pal what are you doing here how are you going to build a better life is there a life for you here out at you know or Port Hedland or whatever We need a serious conversation about life pathways, the ones that you and I have to work out as kids, you know what I mean? Yep. So so it's not about the grog or the welfare card as such. All they do is give pause, you know. We can can have a bit of peace, less grog on the streets, less money going into gambling. Okay, why? So we can sit down in a more peaceful period and say, pal you are going off to boarding school or this young woman has to be cared for or this woman has to get away from, you know, excuse the language, a mongrel bloke. Why can't we have those honest conversations (laughs) instead of this sort of trickery that says, oh, you know, we're for cutting off grog or we're not for cutting off grog or we're for the welfare car or we're against it. No, no, no. All that is just sort of intermediary stuff. It's not the real deal. And Mm. my fear... The voice is, we'll never get the real deal. We just get this back and forth over the same sort of intermediate questions without going to the bottom line, which is how the heck do you get this kid out of that squalor and into a better life? And look, the answer is pretty straightforward in the sense that 80% of Aboriginal people live about as well as other Australians. So they've already worked it out. They've got the solution. It's just that our good old professors from the East Coast hmm. don't really want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about that. It's yeah. too it's too basic. It's it's too obvious, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I do. Recognizeabetterway.org.au. And uh, um, you would know of Gary because we've spoken to Dr. Gary Johns over the years, but he's in the group that features, of course, people like John Anderson and Warren Mundine. 
Good to talk to you, Gary. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks indeed, Luke. Bye.